This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for October 22, 2023. These people don't clap at the service. That's unusual what you just did. They made you clap. Is my mic on? Can you all hear me? Okay. I don't think my microphone is on. But I'll talk loud. Oh, wait a minute. I have this microphone. Can you hear me now? Well, how about that? All right. Well, good morning. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy. It is an honor and a privilege to have the opportunity to worship with you, to worship together. I'm so grateful for that. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It is a joy to have you with us. And I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us online for our live stream. 
Uh, for whatever reason, you couldn't make it in here in person, but we are so glad you found a way to connect with us. We're grateful for it. And you can learn more about this church. If you don't already know us, you can go to redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a Y.org. You can cl click on the About tab there and learn more about us. And then contact us so we can learn more about you and welcome you into this beloved community. I just have a few brief announcements this morning, and then we will begin our worship together. Um, as you have already heard, we do have our guest organist with us today, Mark Thallander, who is playing at this service and playing at the 11 o'clock. The banquet folks are going to learn what an organ is, so that is very exciting. Uh, thanks to you, Mark. We're so grateful that you're here. It is a blessing and an honor. Um, today, I want to remind you, is the deadline for your 2024 financial commitments. We are working on getting all of our pledges together so that we can build our budget. Um, we need your help. If you have not pledged yet, you can do so on your app by clicking on the giving tab, or you can also use one of the pledge cards that are located in the narthex. If you have any questions about how to give, how much to give, what that looks like, why we give, what's the point, all of those things, where it goes, how it helps, you can always ask me. I'm glad to have those conversations with you, but I would love for you to participate in this financial uh, uh, financial commitment. I'd love you to participate in this annual fund drive so that you can help us be continue to bless the people that we're blessing into 2024. Uh, we need your help to do that, so uh, please do join us in that. Children and teens are encouraged to go to our education hour following our 9 o'clock service. There's offerings for people of all ages, and that includes adults as well. We have our fall adult education series, which is continuing inside the Episcopal Mind, led by Joanna Elijerson, the wonderful. Um, this is a class for the curious, and it is in the parlor immediately following this service. If you haven't been to any of her uh, classes so far, you, do, they're not, you can come. You don't have to have been to the other ones. There's no quizzes. You can just show up. You are most welcome. Um, and then, for those of you here at 9, uh, when this service is over, go get something to eat and then come back because after the banquet service, we'll be gathering in the cloister and great hall for our annual pumpkin carving. You definitely want to be a part of that. Some of you, you're thinking like, I'm not a kid anymore. Come on, carving a pumpkin never stops being cool. I am here to tell you. So you should definitely consider coming back. Bring a pumpkin, or if you forget a pumpkin, we'll have one for you. Uh, speaking of people who like to carve pumpkins, I would like to say at this time, I'd like to invite all preschool to elementary school age children to join Tim in the chapel. He's standing right at the back for Jesus and Donuts. Donuts and Jesus are both waiting in the chapel for the children, and along with age-appropriate interactive worship. So head on over, join Tim, and you will all will be back in time for communion. Okay. These are all the announcements that I plan to make today, uh, so that's all I'll say. So I invite you, please, to stand as you are able, and we will begin our worship together.
Almighty God, to you our hearts are open, our desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from, from the, the prophet, prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him and the gates shall not be closed. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places 
so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. I surname you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make wheel and create woe. I, the Lord, do all these things. The word of the Lord. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another 
is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast among you, the churches of God, for your steadfastness and faith during all of your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. going to begin over because I just started the second letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, and we are actually reading the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, so forgive me. <clears throat> Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to you, to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers and constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the, the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory 
The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of our Lord. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They ask Jesus, and Jesus says, well, give to the emperor that which belongs to the emperor, and give to God that which belongs to God, and that's oftentimes, we've heard that as, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and render unto God that which is God's. A text that has many times been used to help us sort of differentiate between the sacred and the secular. What are the things that are about God, and what are the things that are kind of our muckety-muck, our business, the kind of worldly stuff that kind of we want to leave God out of. This text itself has been used as a way of sort of asking the question of where does God begin and end and where do God and politics mix and where do they not? And of course our preference historically has been that they don't mix unless it's a politic that I agree with and then it's okay. That's exactly, by the way, what's going on in the context of the conversation that Jesus is having with the Pharisees and the Herodians. They are asking this question and it says it clearly so you don't have to guess they're asking this to trap Jesus. They want him to be, to be picked on, they want to put him in a box and place him on a side of an existing argument so that they can dismiss him more quickly. The Herodians are people who, are, uh, people who support King Herod. And King Herod, of course, is the king that has been placed as king over Israel under the Roman Empire. 
So people who are Herodians are for the status quo. They want things to remain as is. They want that to be sort of just keep things the way they are. They're not perfect, but it's working. Let's just move forward. And of course, the Pharisees see the Herodians as sellouts, as people who are getting in the way of the actual reality of what they want to see, which is the Messiah to come and to restore Israel to its independence and sovereignty, not belonging to an empire, but being its own people. These two people are at odds, and if they can get Jesus to answer the question, do you pay taxes to Caesar or not, then they can find out, is he Herodian or is he a Pharisee? Now, by the way, the Pharisees hope he's a Herodian, and the Herodians hope he's a Pharisee. These two groups don't like each other, but there's one person they like less, and that is Jesus. So if they can get Jesus to just claim his identity as Republican or Democrat, then they know what to do with him. Oh, and if you think it's different, come on. And so Jesus does this thing. He doesn't answer the question the way they would like. And we have often said, and he doesn't answer the question. But he does answer the question. Let me see the coin that you're talking about that you pay taxes with. Well, this has a picture of Caesar on it. The denarius would have a picture of Caesar and would say, Caesar is Lord on the coin. Jesus looks at it and says, well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And this is infuriating for many. And as I said, it has been used by many of us throughout time to say, see, there is the secular and the sacred, there is the religious and the political, and they aren't, they're separate. See, Jesus just said they can be separate. And that's really beneficial to us because then we can go on living our lives with our preconceived notions of what is right and wrong, and we can choose not to allow God to influence our beliefs. We can believe what we already believed and then approach the altar of God and hope to leave unchanged by saying these things are the things that God cares about and these are our concerns. We can walk into this space and leave our cares and troubles for the world out there and come in here and just talk about our personal feelings or piety and talk about things like faith and hope and grace and churchy words. And you can come up to this altar and take bread from some man in a dress and then you can go back out into the world and forget about all of this stuff and leave it here and not allow this to influence that and not allow that to influence this. Which leads me to the question... What part of your life does not belong to God? What part of your life does God not care about? I encourage you today, when you go home, take out a piece of paper and a pen and make a list. Or if you're one of the new types of folks, pull your phone out, grab your little note on your notepad on your phone, and go ahead and make a list of the things in your life that God doesn't care about. Make a list of the things in this world that don't matter to God and don't belong to God. Did you know that in Ohio, in a couple of weeks, women's full bodily autonomy will be on the ballot? Do you think God cares? Or is that not something God cares about? God doesn't care about whether or not we recognize the full humanity of women. Does that make sense to you? What does God care about? 
And what does God not care about? See, that's the trick about the question that they ask Jesus. They don't want an answer from him. They don't want the truth of his heart. They don't want to know where God is in what Jesus is doing. They want to know where they can place Jesus so they can go about living their lives as they always have. They don't want to be transformed by God's presence and power in their lives. So let's make our list. Let's make our list of where God isn't. Jesus answers the question. He says, give to the empire what belongs to the empire and give to God what belongs to God. And every single person in that room understands that all things belong to God. This is God's world. And there is not one piece of this world that God does not know. And there is not one piece of this world that is outside of God's purview, outside of God's care, outside of God's love. To take Jesus seriously is to recognize God's presence everywhere. This is not always as easy as it sounds. It's not easy. I have a friend named Mark. Mark has been a friend of my family's for over 40 years. Mark's a professional musician, been playing the organ for even longer than that. Played all over the world, was played for almost 20 years at the Crystal Cathedral in California, was on TV, all of the things you've seen he's played, he's touring. And about 20 years ago, he was visiting uh, our family in Maine, and while he would visit for the summer, he would go and he would tour around and do little, uh, you know, do recitals and concerts all over New England. So he borrows my dad's car and drives from Magunquit, Maine, down to Methuen, Massachusetts in August, and he plays this recital. And he's on his way back up, and, he, and there's this vicious August rainstorm. New England's similar to mid Midwest, where in the summer you'll be having a perfectly nice day, and then all of a sudden, a complete torrential downpour out of nowhere that lasts for like 20 minutes and then is gone. He's driving in this rainstorm, and he tries to get off the freeway, and my dad's car hydroplanes. And Mark gets into an absolute, the kind of accident no one should ever survive. Mark does survive, this lifelong musician, this organist, but they have to take his left arm all the way up here. My father was actually the person to tell him when he woke up that they had taken the arm. I remember that I was actually not in Maine at the time, I was in North Carolina and I heard the news. I was in a place of kind of renewed faith and really excited about being Christian again, which is a strange thing for someone in their mid-twenties to be, but there I was. And I remember being horrified and saddened, but also immediately, immediately jumped to the question, where is God in that? This man has given his life to the church, to God, to the glory of God, and, he's, and there he, God has taken his arm? This is unacceptable. This is not, where is God in any of this? And I was in a crisis of faith as anyone who would witness this would be. And then I flew back to New England to see my family, to see Mark. 
And upon spending time with him, I realized I may have had doubts about where God was, but Mark did not. I talked with Mark about his accident, and he told me how grateful he was to be alive. He told me the story of the woman who stood with him while he was waiting for the ambulance to come and told him he would be okay. And the woman who told him to take his right arm and push it into the space where this wound was because he was bleeding so much. He lost over half of his body's blood that day. And then the ambulance showed up and he said, where was the woman who was helping me? And there had been no one else at the accident. He said an angel literally saved his life. And then he described all of the angels, the human angels, who rallied around him and cared for him and got him back to health. And then he described all of the people who were planning for his future. And then, of course, as soon as he could, he got back to playing the organ with one arm and two legs. And I realized in that, I realized in that, I was the one placing conditions on where God was in a situation because I didn't understand it. I was the one who was deciding God couldn't have been there because if God had been there, none of this would have happened. Meanwhile, the person to whom it happened was able to tell me all the places where God was. Are you willing to come over here and say hello to these folks? I would really appreciate you because you all, they all heard you play this morning and they're going to hear you again. This is my friend Mark Thalander. What I want to say to you today, other than I love you and you know that, um, is we all know that somehow, magically, miraculously, you are still an excellent musician, but you also are someone whose Christian witness changed my understanding of who God is in this world. Because I continue to try to place God in places that only make sense to me. And it is your faith, as you described it to me and as you continue to live it, that teaches me and so many other people that God is present and God is blessing us. And you bless me and you bless so many through that. So I just want to thank you for that. Thank you and I love you. I invite you to leave today and I invite you to make your list. I invite you to make your list of the places where God isn't. I invite you to make another list of the things God doesn't care about. I invite you to make a list of the things about you that don't belong to God. If you're able to write anything on that list at all, I invite you then to look at that list and ask, is this about me and the limits I place on God? Or is this about God? I know my list is about me and my concerns and my fears and how small I can be in looking for God. Give to God what is God's, Jesus says. And he means your whole self. We belong to God completely and utterly. Every part of us, every part of this world, And nothing can change that.
Thanks be to God in Jesus Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With all our hearts and minds, let us pray to God, responding, God of love, hear our prayer. We pray that your love will find a way to heal our wounded world and guide our nation and leaders to the path of justice and peace. Help us to know Jesus and grow in love. United in relationships of holy connection and communion, we share a heart with those who feel separated or cast out for any reason. Help us reach out in love. We pray for this beloved community in the spirit growing with all people. Help us make it safe for all to live with integrity and for all to live in peace. inspiring us through our church, through scripture, through the word made flesh in Jesus, 
and through the sacraments, help us to deepen our relationship with you. We pray for people in places that long for relief from suffering. For Betsy Berry, Doris Crouch, Kathy Kissel, Ryan Patel, Paul Rogers, Nathan Schwartzendruber, Presiding Bishop Michael Curry, for those who are struggling with mental health concerns and those we now name silently or aloud. For those around the world affected by disasters, especially the victims of the earthquake in Afghanistan. For those around the world affected by war and conflict, especially the people of Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, and Sudan. For the victims of the mass shooting throughout the past week in Princeton, Minnesota, Kansas City, Missouri, Cleveland, Mississippi, Denver, Colorado, Barnwell, South Carolina, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Los Angeles, California, Severn, Maryland, and Augusta, Georgia. God, remind us that we are not alone. We give thanks for all the moments of grace that sustain us for those we now name silently or aloud. Your love and grace abound. Give us the eyes to see your goodness in the world around us. We pray for those who have died, especially Nancy Moody, mother of Doug, and Wilson Briel, father of Sarah, and for those we now name silently or aloud. Comfort those who grieve. God of love, send us into the world rooted and grounded in love to serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you have made us one with your saints in heaven and on earth. Grant that in our earthly pilgrimage, we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whom all our intercessions are acceptable through the Spirit, and who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you.
Almighty God have mercy on you, pardon and forgive you for all your sins, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Also with you. And now it's time for our communion, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
In the name of God and on behalf of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body because we shall share one bread, one cup. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.